the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome to a special bonus podcast from our NIL interview series. This spring, thanks to a GoFundMe campaign which raised $10,000 in three days, we were able to offer 20 CU student-athletes $500 for an interview through the CU NIL Influencer Portal. The series concluded this June, but this past week, I was contacted by graduate transfer wide receiver R.J. Sneed II, who asked me if I was still interested in an interview. Of course, the answer was yes. And we talked this past Saturday, six days before the season opener against TCU. So, what was it like being a highly sought-after recruit from a 6A high school in the Houston area? What led R.J. to choose Baylor over other suitors, including CU? What was it like to be part of two Baylor teams, which earned Big 12 championship game bursts, as well as two Sugar Bowl opportunities. What was it that led RJ to make the decision to leave a conference champion and a top 10 national program for Colorado and the Buffs' struggling offense? What has the adjustment been like joining a new team with new coaches? And what does RJ Sneed see for the Buffs and himself over the course of the 2022 season? Let's find out. Okay, and we are back and welcoming RJ Sneed 2 to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, well, first things first, what uh what's the RJ who's who's RJ Sneed 1? <laughs> My dad. Okay. He's the, he's the one. Okay. And you get to be number 2. Is that the, yeah. the plan? Yes, so, sir. He didn't want he didn't want me to be a junior, so he just gave me the second. Okay, we got you. Okay, and you're a, a young man out of the Houston area, Cypress Ranch. Is that uh, yes, sir? What type of uh, level does Cypress Ranch play at? Is that uh, the highest? So uh, in Texas, it goes to six A. So we play in six A football. Okay, so. You were a member of the recruiting class of 2017, which sounds like a long time ago at this point. So let me take you back to the spring and fall of 2016 when you were getting recruited. Let me brag on you here a little bit. You had recruiting offers from all over the country, uh, schools like Alabama, Auburn, Nebraska, Michigan State, Oklahoma State. 
from the Pac-12, Cal, Colorado, Arizona State, UCLA, uh, you're getting attention from all over the country. Um, were you one of those that really enjoyed the process or one that uh, it was hard to get through? Uh, did you enjoy uh, being a well-sought-after recruit in high school? No, because uh, I kind of committed committed early in my junior year. So uh, once my junior season finished, I think I committed in, like, February. Yeah, of all places to wait for it, <laughs> TCU. Uh, so what led you to first commit to be a, a Horn Frog? What was appealing uh, to you at the time? At the time, it was just the offense, and, like, I knew the guys that were going to commit there, and just, like, the class and everything at the time felt right. Okay, and then – you started playing your senior year, and you you switched over to to Ole Miss. So I did. So I, uh, Coach Grant Hurd, who's receiver coach at Ole Miss, uh, we built we started building like a great relationship. And uh, I took a visit, and I enjoyed my time there. So now I, I would have stayed at Ole Miss, but then uh, Coach Grant Hurd left in December. I remember he called me and told me he was going to Indiana. So then. I uh, kind of backed off because, like, being a kid from Texas, you don't really go to Ole Miss and, like, don't build a relationship with your receiver coach. So I was like, it's kind of different if I stay in Texas and go to a school where I don't know the receiver coach as well. Like, going away to Mississippi, it's like 16 hours away from Texas. I can't go home when I want to. So it was just kind of different. Okay. So after that, you, you ultimately committed to Baylor. Um, just up the way. Now you grew up in Texas, so we're, you know I I always hear that you can't be a Texas or a Texas A&M. You have to be one or the other. Were you big on either of those schools? Would you have gone to uh, to Austin or College Station if that was uh, in the in the works or in the plans? Um, Texas was in the plan, and then well, when Charlie Strong was there, but then. Uh... When Tom Herman came, we didn't really – I didn't really talk to him. And also at the time when Tom Herman got hired, I was already set on going to Ole Miss at the time. So I wasn't really entertaining it. And then uh, Texas A&M, my sophomore year, I kind of wanted to go there. But then it kind of changed. Like, you know, as, like, time goes on, you start studying offense and different type of things. It was like, I don't know if this is where I want to be yet, this type of offense I want to be in. So a lot of things went into it. Went into it. Okay. What uh... – you know, by the time you committed to Baylor, it was January of 2017. So it was, you know, right around, you know, before signing day. So I saw that Colorado had offered you, and Colorado was coming off of a 10-win season in 2016. Was Colorado even on your radar? Or was it just nice to have a another offer from a Power 5 school or you even know that Colorado was even in the mix? It was nice to have an offer, but I, at first I wasn't really, like, thinking about going to Colorado. Okay, you wanted to stay close to home? No, I can't say that because I was going to go to Ole Miss. So I can't yeah. really say that. Okay, I, so. I don't know. Being from Texas, though, it's like I wasn't really thinking about Colorado just because, like, it's on the other side of the map to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what uh, finally made uh, Baylor the right choice for you? Uh, Coach Matt Rule and uh, – the at the time he was the recruiting coordinator named Fran Brown. They called me and like convinced me that Baylor was the place and how they would take care of me and everything. So mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of just like off a leap of faith because I didn't even take a visit 
Well, I took a visit, like, when Coach Art Browse was there. But I didn't take a visit with Coach Matt Rule because I was an early enrollee. So I just told him I was going to come. And, like, three days I was moving in. Wow. Okay. So you started playing as a, as a true freshman, right? Um, you got in in 2017. Right. Um, so was the depth on the, the roster a factor for you that you thought that you might be able to come and play away? Or you just knew that wherever you went that you were good enough that you were going to be uh, – playing as a true freshman uh yeah I just more of like I just relied on my abilities because I, I didn't really look at the depth chart or anything I just it was just one of the things where like Baylor's closer to home and like I seen what coach rule did at Temple at the time where he turned him to a 10-win team so I was like I feel like he could be the coach to turn Baylor around and like we could start winning okay well and you certainly did you know your junior year went to uh Went 11 and three, went to the, the Sugar Bowl. Um, you got to in there, you know, had some catches against Georgia. What was it like, uh, first of all, getting to the championship game and then going and playing a, a major bowl game, playing in the, the Sugar Bowl? Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool uh, to play in the Big 12 championship game versus Oklahoma. Uh, I think that was a pretty cool game just because it was close, went to overtime and everything. It was a great experience. And then playing in the Sugar Bowl was even cool too, just because, like, that's a, a New Year's Six bowl game. Like, only better bowl game than that is going to the playoffs. So that was a good, cool experience. And it was pretty fun, you know, even though we didn't win either one. It was just like good first experience. Okay. So 2020, the team didn't do as well. It was a two and seven in the COVID year, but you led the team in receptions. Was it uh, kind of uh, bittersweet to uh, lead the team in receptions, be a second team all big 12 player and yet uh, not be successful as a team yeah it was just because like um especially going well I, i've kind of jumped in the gun i know you're gonna talk about last year but like uh if i did that with 12 wins then like your ranks and everything else gets higher and higher because like you helped your team win so it was kind of bittersweet because i wish we would have won more games which would have been better for everybody but at the same time it was cool just like lead and receptions and like have a good year that year Okay. Well, we'll let you leap ahead because last year, Baylor went 12-2, and two, uh, this time won the Big 12 championship game, and again went back to the Sugar Bowl. And since apparently everything in your life is, you know, comes circling right back around, you were, I think it was against Ole Miss, wasn't it, in the, in it the was. Sugar Bowl? Yeah. So <laughs> you can't it seem was. to quite get away from some of these, uh, these programs. But uh, what was it like being – Big 12 champion and going to the Sugar Bowl and this time winning the Sugar Bowl. So, like, as, like, class of 17, like, our whole thing was, like, especially when we knew we were going to Big 12, we was, like, we just don't want to go there. Like, we want to go there and win because, like, we've already been there. And we already know how it felt like to lose. So, it was good that we won both games just because, like, winning 12 games has never been done there. So, like, that was just a cool experience that, like, can never be taken away from us. So, that was pretty cool. And, uh, like winning, winning a championship, like in a big bowl game and, and big twelve championship, like in a in your conference championship, is like there's no other feeling better than that, because only one one person gets that once a year. There's right. no no like, oh well, you got second place. It's like you know you don't get a ring or a trophy for getting second place. Like it's only one big twelve championship that goes back to wherever you win at. There's only one Sugar Bowl, and then maybe you can try again the next year, but. For that year, though, like, you know you won it for the team. Okay. Well, 
in your career at Baylor, you had over 1,500 yards receiving, eight touchdowns. Now, as much as Buff fans are excited about having you in Boulder, probably haven't gone back and looked at a lot of highlight films. What uh, what was your favorite play, favorite touchdown, favorite game? What's a, what's a highlight for you um, in your career at, at Baylor? What uh, was an amazing oh. play or an amazing game for you? Uh, okay. My favorite play has to be my one hand catch versus Iowa State. Okay. Is that, the, is that the one that was ruled out of bounds? Like, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know which one you're talking about. That was pretty and, cool. And then my favorite touchdown slash game will be actually my first game ever, like truly starting, which was in 2019. I uh, we played SFA, and I had two touchdowns. But one of my touchdowns, I made like a over the shoulder catch while hitting the pylon. That might be my favorite touchdown slash game. Okay, so you graduated. Um, you're you know in graduate school. You got your degree um, from the University of Baylor. Our Baylor University is it Baylor University or University of Baylor? Baylor University. Baylor University. Oh, okay. So you've been there for five years already in the world of COVID and your redshirt year, the COVID year and everything like that. But you could have stuck around for a sixth season. Um, last year, you were second on the team in catches. You had 46 catches, 573 yards and two touchdowns. And for Buff fans, all we know is the, you know, Brady Russell was the leading receiver last year for CU with 25 catches, about half as many as you had for 307 yards and no touchdowns. So right. you weren't exactly being overlooked in the Baylor offense. You know, you were right. you were seeing the ball. You were a big part of the offense. And you got a team that finished in the top 10 in the country mm-hmm. and was going to be slated in the preseason. And, in fact, is, I think, number 10 in the AP poll mm-hmm. preseason for – for this fall, for 2022. So for someone like yourself that it obviously wants to go to the NFL, play at the next level, Baylor 12 and two versus Colorado four and eight. Well, I guess, first of all, what, what led you to want to even look around? Why did you want to not be in uh, Waco for a sixth year? Well, like I was there for five years in my five years of being there, I had, four wide receiver coaches. And if I would have stayed, I would have had a fifth one because my wide receiver coach was leaving. That just came there. So my whole thing was everybody that I came there with, like 2017 slash 2018, they were like leaving or gone. So I was like, all right, like there's a decision to do. Like, do you want to go back to Baylor and just like kind of like just be there and like, would you enjoy your time being there? Would you be happy? Or, like, do you want to pick and choose where you want to play at your last year? Because, like, I've seen a player that, like, went back to the institution that he was at for his last year and didn't do nothing that year or just wasn't as happy. So I decided that I wanted to, like, just, like, leave and, like, find somewhere else to play at and, like, find the right school for me to fulfill my dreams to go to the NFL. Okay. So recruiting – yeah, for a six-year senior is a whole lot different than recruiting for a high school kid. Uh, certainly, difference between 2017 and 2022. What was it like being in the the transfer portal? What sort of schools? I don't know if you want to talk about specific schools or just in general. What sort of uh, 
programs were you hearing from and what kind of options did you have? Uh, I had some pretty good options, you know. Um, I think, as you said, recruiting different from like when you're in high school versus six year. It was like more like, okay, like I don't really care about any of the fancy stuff. Like NIL didn't really matter to me because even last year I didn't really entertain NIL. All I want to know is like, can you help me get to the NFL? Okay. Because that's the only reason why I was doing an extra year. Well, if I was recruiting for any other school, I'd be telling you that, of course, I can help you get to the the NFL. So, uh, but uh, was, you know, even though you weren't looking for NIL, NIL is now part of the recruiting game. And Colorado really, you know, doesn't have a collective at this point and really hasn't dipped its toe too much into NIL type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Were there other schools that did talk about actual if you come to our school, we can get you X number of dollars. Is that part of the conversation in the recruiting world these days? Uh, no, because like as I said, like that's that wasn't what I was really worried about. Because I was like, I'm just going somewhere for one year, and I just want to make sure it's the right fit. Because like you can go somewhere that they're going to offer you twenty thousand dollars, but are they going to actually like put you on the field and make sure that like you're going to be in the right situations to make plays? Okay. Well, were there any schools that were having that? I mean, even, you know, everybody's going to say they're going to put you in the NFL, but I mean, did anybody saying, well, we can put you in the NFL and oh, by the way, you know, there might be these opportunities for you. Was that just not a conversation you had? Well, no, they well, like, they'll talk about like their stipend stuff and stuff uh-huh. like that. But I feel like NIO is more for like kids now in high school right now, besides like maybe like one player that went to a uh, California school. That's the only thing I think about, which was an NIL, I feel like. But besides that, like, when I went in there, I wasn't really worried about NIL deals. Okay. So what was it about Colorado? Who who did you talk to? Who were the coaches that you talked to? And uh, what led you to believe that uh, Boulder was the place for you? Uh, well, I talked to all the – like, I talked to Coach Parrish and Coach Sanford, but it was really just Coach Durrell and, like, his background of coaching receivers in the NFL and, like, he has an eye for and he knows what it takes to get there. So it was really more like me believing in him and his vision of everything that was going on. Okay. What type of vision did he see? I mean, if you looked at the – just looking at the stats for Colorado last year, the, the passing game wasn't uh, very adept at uh, showing off right. wide receivers. What was it about his vision or his conversations with you that led you to believe that uh, he's got the – program going in the right direction and uh, it's going to be a, a big season for you in Boulder? Uh, just like uh, when uh, I met with Coach Patterson and Coach Sanford and we were all in there watching like what they did at other institutions and like where they'll say like I see you lining up here and doing this and doing that and uh, like showing me that like the plays are there like make sure like I'm gonna put you in this position to make the plays like you just handle your business and make sure you stay healthy and stuff like that but they're just like I'm gonna make sure like you get what you need and deserve. Okay. So you moved to Boulder in January and got, uh, got enrolled and everything like that. So I'm sure that there were some cold weather games at Iowa state or at one of the Kansas schools in November or something like that. But uh, what was it like having a, a winter in Boulder? Was that uh, an adjustment for you? Oh, it was a big adjustment. Cause like I had to drive to school so being from Texas, like, you get a little bit of ice, like, school is closed. But <laughs> here, 
they even they closed school, but we still had workouts on some days. And I was just like, wow, like I really got to go in my car in negative two degree weather with snow coming down and drive <laughs> to school. So that was just a big thing right there. Just like adjusting to driving in the snow. OK, well, being in Montana, that's the way I grew up. But it, I didn't have 90, 90 percent humidity to deal with. So you know, we <laughs> each had our own little things to deal with. But uh, so you got to Colorado now, even though you're an older guy, um, you're still the new guy, one of the new guys in the wide receiver room. What was it like? How was it uh, adjusting from being a guy that had been the, you know, in the room for five years, knew the coaches, knew the system, knew the rooms, knew the way around the building to to being the new guy in the room? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad because like they all had open arms like when Coach McGagan came, he was like, we're all here for, like, one reason, and that one reason is just to win. So, like, I feel like even at the time, like, they didn't know me like as well, but, like, Montana and Chase and everybody were still, like, talking to me, and, like, we got to know each other, and now, like, we're all very close. Okay. So you got to participate something, you know, somewhat in the spring. Can we talk at this point at all about your – your injury and what you went through and how you go what through the summer and what got you to the point where you're now full go again? Uh, so I had a, uh, a foot injury in the spring showcase that kept me out for a little bit, but um, I think about a week and a half ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I started to practice a little bit more and like feeling good. So like now we're just being cautious about it and taking it day by day just so it doesn't happen again. They don't want to rush me back too soon. But I feel good. My body feels good. And um, probably the best I've felt in forever, just like taking that long amount of time off, even though I would never want to do that. But probably it was a blessing in disguise, kind of. Okay. So you, you mentioned Phil McGagan. You can never say his name right because it doesn't look like it's spelled that way. But uh, he's also – the assistant head coach. So you've got a position coach that's also the assistant head coach. And of course, you talk about your relationship with Carl Durrell. So this is your fifth wide receiver coach in, in mm -hmm. six years. How do you compare apples and oranges? What's uh, What does he bring or what does he – has he taught you or what does his conversation has been like for, with you? Uh, he's detailed. He's very passionate. And, like, he just loves the game, like – he wants to make sure that each one of his players succeed in any way he can help. He will help out. Like he's just a he's a players coach for sure. He's all about the players and but he's gonna make sure that you hone in on the details, like you're logged into the little things and like everything matters, like not just in football but in life. So like he's he's done a great job. Okay. So your experience uh, in Boulder comparable to Waco in terms of uh, the locker room? Is it uh, a close team, not a close team, more close than other units that you've been part of, or is it uh, pretty much what you had in, in Baylor? Yeah, no, it's, it's a close team. And like Coach Darrell said, I'm pretty sure the other day, like he had to get the pieces together, but like now it's time to turn it around. I think that's where we're heading in the right, the right direction because I feel like the team is close and like we all have one common goal, and that's just to win and to take care of each other. So, but like winning takes care of every little problem you have. Okay. Well, I want to you know, ask you a little bit about the, the winning part because CU fans have not been uh, getting the winning part as much as we used to when I was a lot younger. Um, right. 
but you were a part of a program like we were talking about before. It went from two and seven to 12 and two. There had to be some sort of a transition. There was some sort of uh, team coming together that made the 12 and two happen. Can you see anything in the locker room? Obviously, you haven't been part of the team before, but you know that could turn this four and eight team into a team that wins games and goes to bowl games. Oh, for sure. It's just all about, like I said, like I think the most point of winning games, like to have a turnaround year is like your off season, your summer. And I believe that team did a great job in summer, even in the off season, to where like the coaches was even saying, like from last year to this year, he was like, guys, like we're way ahead from where we were last year at this point. So I think if we just keep building on like where we're going and like keep on going in the right direction and make sure that like, we stay a team because like being a team is an important part. Because, like, last year when I was at Baylor, we lost to TCU. We could have folded and, like, not win no more games after that. But we stayed a team and we kept pushing through. And then the year went great. So, yeah. I think as long as we stay a team, even if it's good or bad, then nothing can stop us because, like, it's all going the same way, same direction. Okay. Well, good segue because I was going to ask you about that, the TCU game. 30 to 28, you know, again, this is a TCU team that uh, – only won five games last year. Have the coaches or other players come to you and ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, the uh, what what we're up against, what CU is up against in game one? Uh, kind of, but not really, just because it's a different coaching staff there now, yeah. you know, and they're running a totally different defense, which their defense came from Tulsa and, like, the offensive guys came from SMU, which those are guys who didn't really play. So not really, but kind of, that makes sense. Maybe, like, Bob's – about the secondary or a guy here and there. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we traded you out, you know, with Mark Perry going down there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're familiar with one member of the secondary, but uh, you've given them some inside information on some of the, the cornerbacks and, you know, how to play. Right. Them. Okay. Right. Right. Well, let me ask you about the, the quarterbacks a little bit, because right now Colorado doesn't have a, a name starter. How important is it for a wide receiver to know whether we as fans know how it's important for you to know who's going to be throwing the ball? Because, you know, we got different styles. you got different rotations on the ball, different ways quarterbacks read things that everyone always talks about having that great relationship. So he, I know what he's thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. How hard is that when you've got, uh, you know, two players that are still vying to, to be the starter? Well, you say that, but Blake Shapman didn't start until the last game. So, as a receiver, we kind of just – because our starting quarterback was actually Gary Bohannon, who got hurt in the game before the Big 12. So, he got hurt in game 11. So, Blake Shapman played in game 12 in the Big 12 championship. So, like, as a receiver, like, our job is just to go out there, regardless of who's throwing the ball, and just catch it and just, like, build off of it. And, like, whenever we find out, then we can do some extra stuff there in practice and everything. But till then, right now, like, they're rotating and, like, you can continue playing your game and just build off of that and just worry about what you can worry about. So you get to your spot and you're going to figure the ball's going to be there when you get there. Right, exactly. Okay. It isn't something where you need to have a leader on the team. I mean, the quarterback's the face of the team a lot of times, whether it's for good or for bad, they get more credit and they get more blame, but the quarterback's kind of the face of the program. Do you feel comfortable going forward with whatever the decision turns out to be? Oh, yes, 
for sure, because I believe that either either one is a great choice. I think they're both great quarterbacks in their unique ways, and they do things great. So I feel like whatever Coach Darrell and the offense staff goes with, we're going to be good either way and comfortable with it. Okay. So, you know, team goals obviously winning every game, going to the Pac-12 championship game, maybe going to the Rose Bowl, something like that. Um, you've accomplished a lot as an individual. What are your individual goals for 2022 what would be a a great season for rj sneed in in uh boulder in this 2022 season uh great season for rj sneed will be to continue having career highs okay so i want to do better than what i did last year okay so what you get rattle them off what are your career highs so far in catches yards touchdowns what, uh, what are we looking for in game one against TCU? We're going to go for 100 yards and three touchdowns. Is that uh, what we're looking for? Nah, because me and receiver, you kind of don't really get to pick and choose. You kind of do, but you kind of don't. I, uh, I guess my goals are like um, – I guess like have like – so I think the most catches I had in the year was like 46, so maybe I have 50, have over 700 yards and like five touchdowns, just something like – just do what I need to do, do my job, but like also make plays. Okay. Um, have you met Ralphie yet? I did. I think that was in the spring showcase. Okay. Was Ralphie at the spring showcase? I, I believe so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, can they talk to you about running out behind Ralphie? Are you excited to experience that uh, type of tradition? Uh, your first game I am. I think I'll be kind of in the back, though, stay away from Ralphie, but I'm excited <laughs> to see how that all goes down. Okay. Well, anything you'd like to pass along to the Buff Nation that uh, they don't know about you or they should know about you or that they should look for? Uh, I guess all I have to say is just, like, I'm excited to be here and, like, this year is going to be different than last year because we're a totally different team and we can't wait to show you guys. Okay. What number are you going to be wearing? Number two. Number two. Is that what you wore yes. at Baylor? Was number? Two? No, sir. I wore. Oh, I've been through a lot of numbers at Baylor. Okay. I wore thirteen and zero at Baylor, but I wore two in high school, so I kind of want to go back to my high school number. Okay. Is that a, a nod to being RJ two, or is that just a a number you like? A little bit of both. Okay. No superstitions involved or anything like that. Uh, no, nah, because I haven't had it in six years, so I'll okay. be I'm okay without it. Yeah, I remember seeing you with the number zero. I wasn't sure if that was something that you wanted to pick up on for uh, being involved. Nah. <clears throat> so the only reason I went with zero is because I want to be the first one to ever wear it. That's all. Right. Well, you're going to be the record setter that way. You know, yeah. every, every time you touch the ball, it's a new all-time record with that number. So <laughs> it's a good way of going about it. Yeah. Okay, well, well, thank you for your time and, uh, you know, hope that you have a great season and keep the foot healthy and uh, we'll look for you scoring lots of touchdowns, getting lots of yards for, for dear old CU. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. During the season, we will be back weekly with our preview review podcasts being posted on Tuesdays throughout the year with my written tips being posted on Wednesday morning at the See You at the Game website.
I hope that you are subscribing to the podcast so that you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes. We have partnered with Mile High Sports and are proud to be part of their podcast network. As before, you can find the See What the Game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all of the episodes can be listened to at the See What the Game website. I'll be back with Brad and Neil next week as we review the TCU game and take a look ahead at the matchup in Colorado Springs against Air Force. Until then, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.